0: Hello and welcome to The Wealth Chat, a podcast brought to you by Kleinwort Hambros. In this series, we'll be helping listeners to make sense of the world of wealth. My name is Fahad Kamal, Chief Market Strategist at Kleinwort Hambros, and I'll be hosting today's episode. Today, we're looking into bull and bear markets. What do those terms mean? What are their legacies? Are we in one now? How long does it go for? Joining me in the studio today is Mohammed Shakir. Our chief investment officer, welcome, Mohammed. Thank you. That sounds like you are in a perfect position to explain to us what a bull and bear market is.
1: Well, the origins of the term comes from typically the bull would thrust its horns upwards and the bear would swipe its paws downwards, and so uh, that's what's been used to describe a bull market, i.e., a market that's rising, and a bear market uh, is one that is falling. We know that. Investing is a very difficult task. In essence, it's trying to figure out if the markets are going up or going down. And that is uh, quite a challenging task, especially when markets are fluctuating a lot. And really, as chief investment officer, our role is to invest our clients' assets in a prudent manner to navigate those bulls and bears.
0: So it's fair to say that you like bull markets and don't like bear markets.
1: Well, b- bull markets are really opportunities to generate returns, obviously, from whether it's the stock market or other such investments. Uh, bear markets tend to be punishing because you tend to lose money in those types of environments.
0: So ideally, when things are good or you're in a bull, you want to be in. And when things are bad or in a bear, you want to be out. Exactly. And are there some sort of definitions on when we happen to be in a bull market or when indeed we happen to be in a bear market?
1: What does that mean, really? Yeah, I mean, the the rules of thumb on this, if you like, is a 20% uh, rise in uh, the market is associated or called a bull market. And a 20% fall is considered to be a bear market. So those are just rules of thumb. Are we in a bull market now? We're actually in one of the longest bull markets we've seen in history. uh, To put Another way, your average bull market lasts around uh, five years, and this bull market is about 11 years old. So that's essentially from the trough that we've seen a rise in financial markets or in the stock market that has been at least 10 and a half to 11 years old.
0: So if we have been in a bull market for so long, surely we must be prime for a bear to show its face around the corner.
1: Well, it's, it's not always as straightforward as that. Obviously, it is a long bull market, or if you want to think about it in another way, it's a mature bull market. Uh, bull markets don't come to an end just because of their age. Actually, there needs to be prevailing conditions, uh, and those prevailing conditions need to take place before that bull turns into a bear.
0: And what are those prevailing conditions?
1: Well, if you had to distill them down to two things, I would say that the two things that we've established from some of the work that we've done at Climate Hambros are one, overvaluation, when the market is extremely expensive, that tends to be an environment where uh, the bull turns into a bear.
0: So sorry, if I can just stop you there. Yeah. What, what do you mean by overvaluation?
1: So in essence, how much you pay for the profits of the companies. If you overpay for those profits, so put it to you another way, on average, over the long-term history of the stock market, you would typically pay $16 for a dollar of profit that's just a valuation measure. If you're overpaying, if you're in an environment where you're paying $30 instead of 16 or $50, or $80, and the reason I use the $80, that's where the market was in 2000 during the dot-com boom. That's an environment... One of the
0: great bulls of all time.
1: Great bulls of all time that turned into one of the greatest bears of all time because of that overvaluation.
0: So you mentioned two points, man. What was the second
1: the second condition that typically exists before a bull turns into a bear is extremely positive sentiment or optimism, if you like. So to put that to you another way, when there is a lot of hype, or even in some cases euphoria around an asset or the stock market, that typically tends to be a condition of warning about an upcoming bear market. Uh, We don't observe that condition today. But if you again go back to the dot-com example, at the peak of the market in 2000, there was an extreme mood of euphoria at the time. And that led to the bear market that we saw.
0: So is it fair to say that we are always in either a bear market or a bull market?
1: Most of the time, yes. You can see a bull market turn into a bear market temporarily and then it resumes the bull path, so it it can reverse, but most of the time, given the definitions that I set out earlier, we're in one or the other.
0: So Mo, you say that we have been in a bull market now for 10 and a half years. How does that compare to some of the previous bulls? Is this, is this a healthier or a sicklier bull?
1: The average bull market in terms of length is about five years. Uh, This bull market, as we've said, is nearly twice as old or twice as long. But in terms of size, the average appreciation, if you like, or rise from the bottom, looking at bull markets literally since the turn of the 20th century, would rise around 150%. So that's before the bull turns into a bear. Remember, the definition is a 20% rise, but the average bull market actually rises by around 150%. This current bull market is again nearly twice that in terms of size, where the market is up close to 300%. So that gives you the context of how big this bull market is relative to the averages of all bull markets since around 1900.
0: What do bear markets look like? Do they usually, do bears usually knock on the door? How do you know one is coming?
1: Well, the, the good news for investors, actually, or for clients, is that bear markets typically are shorter than uh, bull markets. So the pain happens very quickly. And it can be quite severe, but actually the average bear market is a loss of about 30%. Again, just marry that up with the uh, what I was saying, the average bull market, which is a rise of 150%. You get a sense, actually, bear markets tend to be short and sharp, but bull markets are more common than bear markets.
0: Is it fair to characterize your job simply as riding the bull, but hiding when the bear comes around?
1: Actually, when the bear market or when there is a bear market, that's really a, a time to be paying attention to some of the opportunities that arise in financial markets. That's the time to be extra vigilant about where to invest. And arguably, the job is much harder during bear markets than in bull markets. So that's really where the work takes place.
0: And when you you say that, but what do you mean by looking for opportunity when, when you happen to be in a bear market? How How do you find opportunity when things are so dire?
1: Yeah, typically what happens in a bear market is there is very much a herd mentality where everybody rushes for the exit. It's like somebody is in the You know, movie theater shouts fire and everybody rushes out. But actually, not everybody is in danger. And that what happens is uh, typically in in markets, in a bear market, all stocks tend to be punished on the way down. But some of those stocks are actually quite profitable. They're quite healthy businesses. And they, as a result of this bear market, become very attractively valued. And therein lies the opportunity.
0: You know, just very simply put, it seems that this huge bull market you've been talking about that's been going on for 10 and a half years has been happening in a period where really economies have been quite poor. Uh, there's been a tremendous amount of um, of geopolitical angst. There's been, for example, you know, this whole cloud of Brexit in the UK. Further afield, there's been a lot of populism and a lot of Political upheaval. How have we managed, or how have markets managed to be in such a strong bull?
1: Yeah, I mean, our research shows that the link between economic activity, i.e., unemployment, inflation, growth, and stock market returns, is very poor. There isn't really a link. And I'll just give you a very recent example since the beginning of this year in 2019 one of the weakest economies in Europe one that's actually been deteriorating in terms of economic activity is Germany and Germany has seen its economic activity fall off a cliff yet its stock market is one of the best performing in Europe up double digits so that's just an example where economic activity doesn't always relate to stock market returns.
0: But surely Mo. This time is different. The bull market that you're in today has nothing to do with history. We're talking about technology. We're talking about uh, a different world. So why does any of the past have any bearing on, on, on where we are today?
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly, we live in a different world today than we have historically, you know, whether it's technology, uh, whether it's demographics, whether it's the shape of the global economy, there are many differences. Uh, But the reality is, from the history of financial markets, we observe regular uh, patterns. So, whilst there are differences, there are uh, many key similarities. And, and one of the uh, quotes that comes to mind here is from John Templeton, uh, you know, a very famous investor and philanthropist, when he said that bull markets are born on pessimism, they grow on skepticism, they mature on optimism, and they die on euphoria. And that really captures the pattern that we see time and time again, irrespective of the backdrop, irrespective of the politics, irrespective of the the economy. We see that pattern repeat itself time and time again when you look at bull and bear markets. Sort of some of the most famous bull markets are the ones from obviously the 1990s, uh, the dot com. Uh, bull market if you like that initially started on pessimism in fact it didn't start in the 1990s it started in in 1987 where there was some pessimism after that big crash after seeing the markets collapse that
0: was known as black monday exactly
1: in the aftermath of that there was a lot of pessimism and then it started to grow and that growth led to skepticism but then the optimism kicked in in the 90s the optimism about technology and the internet and what that could do And that came to an end in 2000 on euphoria. So you see that pattern there over that 13-year period uh, really replicate those exact characteristics in terms of its shape.
0: And given those characteristics, uh, we we clearly remember that the current bull market was born in the pessimism or the wreckage rather of exactly. the great financial of 2008
1: prices. and 2009. So that was the pessimism. The scepticism was when central banks were actually being pointed out and said, well, you can't save the market. Uh, and that scepticism took some time. And then it started to mature and we started to see a bit more optimism. And I would actually argue right now we're probably swinging back to scepticism, what we don't observe right now is that euphoria condition.
0: Mo, well, I understand that you know being in during the bull markets is all well and good. But the savviest investors are the ones who manage to avoid the bears. What, what does that mean?
1: Bear markets or declines are more punishing than rises just simply through the mathematics of rise and falls. So to just give you a very simple example, if you had £100 and that dropped by 50%, you end up with 50 pounds. To get back to that 100 pounds, you need to rise by 100%. So that 50% drop needs a 100% rise to just get you back to where you started. So just the maths of it shows you that the challenge that after you've lost, in order to get back to where you started. There's obviously the emotional angle as well, is that losses tend to be much more painful than gains in terms of the pleasure that's derived from them. That's just behavioral, Uh, that's a human trait that's been shown time and time again through academic studies. And so avoiding those large losses tends to be one of the most important aspects of investing for the long run.
0: Mo, is it true that the bigger the bull market, surely the bigger the the subsequent bear is going to be? So given that this is one of the longest bull markets in history, should we be more scared than we would normally have been?
1: Yeah, on the face of it, it would seem like a sensible conclusion, but actually the data doesn't support that. Uh, the length of the bull market has little relationship with the nature of the bear market. By way of example, the bull market in the early 1920s uh, was closed to about eight years, yet the market collapsed into a heavy bear of about minus 84%. Whereas, again, a similar bull market in terms of length in the early 60s led to a decline of about 29%. So you see two very similar bulls in terms of duration and length, but very different bears. So the relationship is not always as you would expect.
0: Given uh, some of our listeners are perhaps fretting over the future in terms of the length of this bull market and perhaps looking at some of softer recent economic data or even perhaps some of the political noise. Should they be worried about the impending end of a bull?
1: Look, We should always be worried about the impending end of a bull. Uh, Obviously uh, when the bull comes to an end is when the bear arrives and that bear can be very punishing. The reality is in financial markets, there's lots of information to process. And some of that, in fact, most of that is noise. Most of it is not relevant to making good investment decisions. Uh, And there are very few very powerful signals that one needs to pay attention to. And, And really, it's figuring out what those signals are. And that's part of what we do as investment professionals. And in our opinion, again, supported by the evidence, if you want to look at the end of that bull market, the key things are to look at valuation, to also look at sentiment, which is what we've discussed earlier. And those conditions right now would suggest that this bull market has a little bit more to run. When those conditions change, of course, that's when the bear market is likely to rear its ugly head.
0: Well, thank you very much, Mel. May your Bulls always be happy and your bears always be tame. Thank you for joining us on the Wealth Chat. To make sure that you never miss an episode, please subscribe on your podcast app of choice. I'm Fahad Kamal, and on behalf of Kleinwood Hambros, thanks for listening.
2: This podcast is not a personal recommendation or investment advice. The value of investments can fall as well as rise, and past performance is not a guarantee of future performance. It is not intended that this podcast is distributed in or into the United States of America. This podcast is issued by the following companies in the Kleinwort hambrus Group. In the United Kingdom by S.G. Kleinwort hambrus Bank Limited, which is authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. In the Channel Islands by S.G. Kleinwort Hambrus Bank CI Limited, which is regulated by the Jersey Financial Services Commission. S.G. Kleinwort Hambrus Bank CI Limited Guernsey Branch is also regulated by the Guernsey Financial Services Commission. Both entities are also authorised and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority in respect of UK regulated mortgage business. In Gibraltar, S.G. Kleinwort Hambrus Bank Gibraltar Limited is authorised and regulated by the Gibraltar Financial Services Commission.